When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we'd go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Coming up on the Behind the Mic Podcast, the 2022 NFL Draft is over, and we have no idea how any of these picks are going to do. Still, the stories behind these athletes are amazing. Whether your team got it right or wrong, we shall see. You're behind the mic with Michael Neal Jr. All right, we're ready. I got mini papers today. Yeah, they don't make as much noise as the big ones. <laughs> NFL historians and lovers of sports history, welcome. This show is for you. And for those of you who already know this stuff, you know what I got for you? I got a cookie for you. Other than that, enjoy the show and please correct me if I'm wrong or even if you have something to add to it. I'm game. This show is for those who don't know as much about NFL history. So we are here to do three things, enlighten, teach, and learn it is the behind the mic podcast presented by belly of sports belly of sports podcast network also go to bellyofsports.com click on it read the stories i always tell you every week and listen to the shows we have plenty of shows for every type of sports fan and if you're listening to this show obviously you like the nfl and you love nfl history as well that's what i'm all about you can catch my show as well as others on the belly of sports lineup on Spreaker, that's our home base. That's what I call it. Also, Apple Podcasts. I know a lot of you have iPhones. Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and also on YouTube for those who like to watch the shows. Again, I have an idea that's cooking, simmering, right? Some I'm going to do, some shorts. I'm going to start posting some videos uh, eventually down the line. But anything, one thing I like to do during the NFL draft, I like to watch the reactions of the fans once a pick is made. And a lot of times they're, woo yeah. They have no idea who this guy is. 
I ask those questions to myself. Do they even know uh, who this player is? Do they, I mean, if they're, I guess if they're draft fans and thumb through the books and watch all the shows, I, I want to know, okay, do you know what you actually needed? Or are you just going to cheer the pick no matter what? Um, is this the player that you really wanted? Some of them, you can tell the reaction because they're going ballistic. Oh, my God. Yes, we got Aiden Hutchinson. You know, hometown kid, Lions fans going berserk. And that's great. That's great. Um, but I wonder sometimes if they even know who they are, uh, some of these picks, depending on what round it is, especially in the first round. Um, a good number of NFL fans, they don't bother watching college football. So I know they don't know who they are. And they don't pay attention until it's close to draft time. If they're actually watching some shows, if they're watching um, or, or reading the books, you know, they, they get the draft magazines that's in Kroger's. You know, they get the, the Street and Smiths or the Athlon or whatever it is. And then they maybe they get what I have next to me even right now, the, the, um, the, uh, the NFL, the 2022 NFL Draft Preview Sports Illustrated with Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson start standing back to back. Find your edge. That's great stuff. You know, and you read all of these things and you're trying to prepare, uh, you know, because you want to know what your team is doing. I'm not talking to the podcasters, uh, the ones who cover specific teams or, or anything like that, because this is the things that they are going to do. These are the things they're going to do in order to prepare and know who they're talking about, especially if they don't watch college football. And you can't watch everybody. You don't know everybody unless you're getting paid for a living to do that. And even them, then they may not know everything about all of them but they find some kind of film or at least have a, a photo of the player once he gets drafted so they have to do their due diligence um but when it comes down to especially me being not only an nfl fan but a college football fan i learned a hard lesson as a kid i'm a fan of the university of tennessee uh and i really started watching football around what 1989 90 uh really heavy and it really wasn't until charlie ward and those Florida State Seminoles, you know, probably like, I think it was about 92 was when I really got into watching full-on games. I loved watching those guys play. I loved watching the UT Vols play throughout the 80s. Um, I wasn't always understanding what I was looking at, but I knew who I liked. And one of my favorite players when I really got into college football and football in general was Corey Fleming. He wore the, the, the tape. He was a hometown guy. He was from Nashville, Tennessee. Went to Stratford High School um, here in this in this city. He wore these the, the tape around each and every one of the uh, fingers. And I used to do that in high school for a while. My freshman and my, uh, yeah, it was my freshman and my sophomore year before I started wearing gloves on the, on the regular. If I didn't, I had my fingers taped up just like him. Just didn't wear number 12 like he did. But he was my favorite player. He was the reason why I wanted to play wide receiver. And, you know, I, I just loved watching him play. Um, but then when I, you know, started really watching football, I'm like, okay, this guy's really good in college football. He's got to be good in the NFL once they get drafted. Right? <laughs> That's what I thought. And example after example, as I lived throughout this stuff, and UT fans that are listening to this, I mean, the Heath Schulers and the Gino Torettas and, you know, that play for Miami. All of these guys, they were so great and finished uh, either winning the Heisman like Toretta did or they were, what, second or third in the Heisman like Heath Schuler was. First quarterback I ever really noticed wearing a number other than it beginning, whether it was a single digit 
or something had a one in front of it. He wore number 21. Great quarterback in college, though. He, he was selected by Washington. He broke his foot, and he was already struggling, and it just wasn't the same. Went to the Saints, and it just, oh, God. You know, it was it was terrible. Geno, he, I mean, it just didn't work out. Charlie Ward, he never even got drafted. You know, they wanted him to do something else as a black quarterback. I mean, quiet, it's not even quiet. It's just what it was. I surely thought he won the Heisman. He was great. He was going to get a shot. You know, he wanted to play basketball anyway. So, I mean, more power to him. But I think these guys, when you're watching them in college, especially for you young Sparkies out there, I think you know by now with all of the social media and the 12 panel analysts, you know, shows, that always every Sunday, Saturday, or whatever day it is, Monday, they're telling you about these players and they're breaking them down. They still have no idea, but for the most part, you have to know one thing. Not all of them are gonna work out. They're not all gonna work out. We think we know who's supposed to be good, but we have no idea. He was so good in college. Oh, he was, but it's just the way life is. You're not gonna be great on the next level. Now, not everybody's going to be Emmett Smith. Emmett Smith, who went to, I, hopefully I say it right, Escambia High School in Florida. He was an All-American in high school. He was an All-American at the University of Florida. He was a perennial All-Pro and Pro Bowler and Pro Football Hall of Famer as the NFL's all-time leading rusher in league history between the Cowboys and that stint with the Cardinals I'd like to forget. Nobody does that. It's not a normal thing. It's not normal. It's not normal. And there's a lot of different ways these guys, whether it be by injury, performance, or something off the field, it could be any, they may not even have interest. Number four, you have guys like Charlie Ward who just, I guess he just was not as interested in the league as you would thought that he would have been. And they don't live out those dreams. But it's not limited to us as fans, okay? That's definitely guys like, Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay and any other NFL analyst or draft analyst. I mean, we don't know who's supposed to, how can you know for sure? You don't. What do they say? What, what's what's the, the phrase that's always used? <laughs> it's not an exact science. Yeah, you hear that a lot. It's true. And you know it's true. How can you know? You got all of these years of film, whether it be four years or two years. Some guys, maybe only one year. You have the combine. They go through all of these drills and they, they have the, the mental test to see if you can think quickly on your feet. Make sure you're not crazy in these interviews. And, you know, we did the history behind the draft. We've done the, the, the history and some insight on the NFL combine. And then you have the pro days when they get a second shot and the guys who didn't get invited to the combine get to show their wares at their home turf at their school. And with all of that information, with all of these things that they have at their disposal, whether it's disposal, whether it's the scouts, the GMs, the head coaches, or the players themselves, nobody knows how it's going to turn out. All the medical information in the world, the mineral evaluations, physical evaluation numbers, blah, 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 and still, somebody's going to fail. They're going to fail. That's life. That's sports life. Really, all we want to know with all of those things can they play football? We've given you examples and you know some examples yourselves of guys who were terrible at the Wonderlick. Ray Lewis got a 13. Pro Football Hall of Fame had nothing to do with the Wonderlick. 
He can play football. He can call your plays out, ask Eddie George, call your plays out before you run them. And he's there making plays. Terrell Suggs, another Baltimore Raven and Arizona Cardinal. He's probably going to get in the Hall of Fame. He's going to be considered, but he wasn't great at the combine either. We have no idea. No idea. You don't know until they get on the grass. I always say that. They ask me about my team all the time, the Pittsburgh Steelers, or they ask me about my hometown team, the Tennessee Titans. Anytime you bring somebody in like that that's fresh out of college, you got to remember this, people. College is college. Pros are the pros, as my chair continues to squeak. <laughs> so, I mean, they want to know if you're crazy. You don't know until they get in the, into your locker room. Pac-Man Jones was a phenomenal athlete here uh, coming in from West Virginia as a cornerback and a return man. He really didn't do his serious damage until he went off to the Bengals. And even then, that off-the-field stuff just, I mean, it just didn't work out. He never was the cornerback he was supposed to be. He was probably a better return man than anything else. Yeah. You can smell him, you know, from a mile away getting burnt on the field. And, you know, even with the Titans, it was the same thing. He didn't live up to expectations. I mean, and it's okay. It's okay. There's so many people that's behind you waiting in line to get their shot. You get yours, you fail, they move on from you. That, that's football life. Tom Brady. Everybody knows about Tom Brady. Pick 199, sixth-round pick. If you know anything about his story, I mean, the guy was very upset while he was sitting watching the draft that nobody was picking him, and he basically said he was going to make everybody pay. And he has. He's still playing 22 years later. Oh, my God. You saw all the doughy pictures of him from the combine. The Patriots, they didn't know either. They picked him in the sixth round. They picked him in the sixth round. All of the mess that we heard about Lamar Jackson, you know, about him being a quarterback and all this stuff, and and, be, and they've been mad or whatever. But, I mean, the pay, uh, the Ravens passed up a chance to pick him earlier. If they believed in him so much, pick him earlier than you did. They picked him at the bottom of the first round. Still first round pick. It's worked out for him for the most part. He needs to win more playoff games and be a little bit more consistent. But the guy, the kid has, has gotten better. He's gotten better. He can play a little bit. I think people are scared of him out there. Uh, going back you know, as far as, look, if any fan or NFL employee says they just knew somebody was going to be great, you know they're lying. If you like them, uh, you know, okay, that's more believable. I like this kid, but don't say he's going to be great. Uh, you, you don't know. You don't know that. There are plenty of people that like players, you know, good and bad. So, uh, and as far as the draft itself, look, draft takeaways from this, this past weekend, NFL Draft 2022, I mean, it was great. You know, watching it, it was it was exciting, as always. Um, University of Georgia, 15 players selected in the draft, seven on defense, a record. And then all those wide receivers, six selected in the first round. Not to mention the trades. Oh, of course, in Tennessee, they were going ballistic about A.J. Brown until they looked at his numbers from last year. I had one of my buddies, he posted you know, because you know, if you want $20 million a year, you're probably going to have to be a little more healthier and probably have better numbers. That may have been the factor. It, it may have been. But, I mean, fact remains is when the kid was on the field, when A.J. Brown was on the field, he numbers out the window. He was clearly a dangerous receiver. 
and you know the second best player on the team this side of uh derrick henry you know that big robot runs the football yeah but then when it comes down to the air aj brown is always saving the titans bacon just ask ryan Tannehill. You know, and then he gets traded. I mean, that blew up the draft right there. Of course, there was Marquise Brown, who ended up going from the Ravens to the Cardinals. That helps out, especially, I wonder if they knew. I haven't listened to anything in the last, you know, day. But I almost wonder if the Cardinals already knew that was coming down the pike. You had to know they knew something about DeAndre Hopkins. Come on, D-Hop, stay off the stuff, man. Don't do it. Don't do it. Put it down. Sean McVay and Les Snead laughing at Belichick's selection in the first round. Cole Strange, no shade, still in my great state of Tennessee. But UT Chattanooga, uh, outside of Terrell Owens, I can't name another great player that come out of that school. I, I haven't. But, I mean, you have to know that. I mean, you have to trust Belichick knows what he's doing. Um, but people are going to be looking at that pick. Cole Strange, boy, you are on the hot seat. It had nothing to do with the Patriots. <laughs> it's got everything to do with everybody else looking at that pick. So, and the Patriots, their draft wasn't exactly stellar anyway. Uh, and somebody got married, apparently in Cleveland, what, last year, I think it was? They got engaged during the draft. Then they got married in the sixth round. Wasn't that crazy? Oh, and as far as drafts, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the draft guy that's going to go through every pick and everything. But you have to be very very impressed with the new york jets they got players galore uh they they picked really smartly it looked like a completely different franchise that's doing these selections that's how you kind of know they're going in the right direction sauce gardner out of uh cincinnati the cornerback and then they grabbed garrett wilson out of ohio state and jermaine johnson from florida state those you know those three players alone are going to make a difference if they live up to their draft status their draft you know, standing. And then Brees Hall, I loved him at uh, Iowa State. Great running back, you know, coming out of there. And um, could he end up being the star? I don't know. I don't know. And staying in New York, the New York Giants, there's no Dave Gettleman. And so you use some of those picks that uh, they had left. Kayvon Thibodeau of Oregon and Evan Neal out of Alabama, they need offensive line help. They still need a quarterback. <laughs> they still need and uh wandale robinson i'm guessing he's going to re replace the kid from florida um wandale robinson if you watch sec football that little wide receiver that little joker at kentucky yeah he's a bad boy he's a bad boy green bay they finally picked a good receiver I, look you know the history i'm sure you've seen it on tv green bay doesn't pick first round receivers not lately you know all those guys jordy nelson and um and uh, I'm having a little bit of a brain fart. Antonio Freeman, how about that? Randall Cobb, Donald Driver, uh, Devontae Adams, of course, he just left to go to Vegas and reunite with his old quarterback. Again, Jordy Nelson and uh, Greg Jennings, James Jones, all these guys, they, they were not high draft picks. They, they were not. And they were decent receivers, some of them pretty good. Pretty, pretty good receivers. And then they finally select one. Uh, Christian Watson out of North Dakota State. They got him in the second round. Of course, they traded three picks to Minnesota to do it. But you get a 6'4 guy that can run a 4-3-40. What's up? You know what I mean? And then they load up on defense. They got some of those Georgia defenders. They got Quay Walker uh, at linebacker and Devontae Watt. Defensive end. I mean, defensive tackle, you know. 
in the first round. So that they're they're smart. They draft pretty well. As long as they have Aaron Rodgers, they'll be all right. They'll be all right. And then, of course, my team, Pittsburgh, Cody Pickett. I wanted Malik Willis. Okay, I, that's who I wanted. And then George Pickens, he worries me. I mean, he's squirting water. He's, I'm, I was watching the game against Georgia Tech when he took dude into the back of the end zone and, and, and wore him out. Um, I mean, he's got he's got some issues. I'll pray that he works them out or worked them out uh, because the last thing is we need is Antonio Brown at the end of his Steeler career all over again. I, I don't need someone that's immature. Just come in, play well, you know. And then the Titans, they ended up with Malik Willis in the third round. So I mean, it, it was it was a, it was pretty good uh, seeing those things happen. Um, look, this year's draft. You notice one thing: people didn't really reach. And I'm talking about quarterback. Uh, you knew going into the college, if you were a college football fan and the NFL, you kept keep up with the NFL. You knew that this year's draft was not going to be quarterback friendly. Okay, so Kenny Pickett was supposed to be the first, you know, possibly the first pick off the board, but at least be a first round quarterback. And Pickett's going back for his fifth year to improve his draft stock. What does that tell you? So I'm not saying that I don't trust my my Steelers front office. They draft really well every year. It always comes down to health and all of those things for any team, especially Pittsburgh. But, you know, you had those guys, Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Sam Howell. Personally, I like Desmond Ritter, but, you know, you're looking at him more from the college perspective. Tall quarterback that can run a little bit and has a pretty decent arm. Didn't have the best combine. He dropped, but he got drafted. Congratulations, Atlanta Falcons. Sam Howell, he got drafted pretty late as well. Um, one of the things you don't want to see is a team reach for a quarterback. Didn't happen. The Tennessee Titans. They know all about that. Y'all remember Jake Locker, right? Out of Washington back in 2011. 12 quarterbacks were chosen in that draft. Cam Newton was number one. And um, Jake Locker somehow went eighth. He was a 53% passer coming out of Washington. He In high school, he was more of a... Uh, what, what, uh, he basically was a running quarterback in high school. Wasn't a passer much at all. Okay, And then you get in the league and then you, you complete 50% of your passes in the league too. You're surprised, huh? <laughs> you reached. You reached. And you knew you reached. And the rest of that class, Christian Ponder, Blake Galbert, they were drafted in the first round. P.U. Andy Dalton was all right. So was Colin Kaepernick. Tyrod Taylor still hanging in there. Then other than that, you got Ryan Mallis and Ricky Stanzies and TJ Yates and Greg McElroy, who works for the SEC Network now. And some guy by the name of Nathan Enderl, something like that. I don't even think he made the roster. But one thing I liked uh, on Twitter was Trey Wingo. He said, and I quote his tweet, formerly of ESPN, keep in mind, GMs rarely show patience when it comes to drafting quarterbacks. Since 2001, there's only been one year in which a quarterback was not taken in the first three overall picks. That was 2013 when they reached again. EJ Manuel went 16th to Buffalo. EJ Manuel was an average quarterback in college. I'm not afraid to say that. He was. And then you reach and get him at number 16. Yeah. You don't want to see the same mistakes as usual. Teams this year were actually pretty smart. They went for needs for the most part. Everybody didn't do great, great, great. And if you look at the draft grades, you go back and look. Most people gave a lot of teams a B. 
It's, they, they did good. They did good. Because I got a bunch of names on my team that you actually know, and they are filling the spots that we actually needed. We'll see. I've said this before that one of my favorite ESPN 30 for 30s is Elway from Elway to Marino. It's basically the story of the 1983 draft. You had those two Hall of Fame quarterbacks that were chosen at the top and near the bottom of the draft. And, you know, everything in between is just amazing, the stories behind it. Maybe next week I'll get into even more stories. Today, you will hear some stories. Um, but one of the things that you know, Tom Selleck, who was the narrator for that show, he said that teams had to deal with the consequences of their selections after the aftermath, right? Of course, you got the good as well as the bad. And coming up next, I'll give you some of those past examples to think about when it comes to your team. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Start a journey, not a fad. Kick off your fitness journey with up to $500 off Peloton Bike, Bike Plus, or Tread packages. Choose the package that will take your training to the next level with accessories like our cycling shoes, heart rate band, non-slip grip dumbbells, and more. Join now and you'll see why 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. All access membership separate. Offer ends January 8th, 2023. Excludes Bike, Bike Plus, and Tread Basics. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. Okay, so that was a long first segment. I get it. <laughs> it was over 20 minutes long, I believe. But I must preface this by saying you know remember what we're talking about we have no idea what these guys are going to do in the future you know i'm a college football fan as i said in the first segment as well as an nfl fan still from time to time i say in my head but he was so good in college he was just so amazing in college you know what happened <laughs> you know you think that great work ethic and talent is going to carry over and it doesn't it doesn't always do it it doesn't always do it. So, I mean, you got the good and the head-scratching head history of the NFL draft. Uh, for every seemingly great pick, there's always that one that seems to just be wrong and go wrong. And for unknown reasons sometimes, uh, some of them were better than experts actually thought. They were drafted late. Who knew Tom Brady was going to be as most would believe, the greatest quarterback of all time. Even if, even if you still think Joe Montana is the greatest of all time, it's still impressive. A sixth-round quarterback, you know what I mean? I mean, go back to, and I know it was more rounds back then, but Johnny Unitas was selected in the 17th round. A great, uh, run, uh, excuse me, a great wide receiver named Raymond Berry, who played with Johnny Unitas, as the, well, who retired as probably the greatest receiver of all time at the at that point he was drafted in the 20th round you have a 17th rounder and a 20th rounder winning championship and competing for championships so i mean you know you have that that kind of dynamic in the history of the league you have no idea for all those tony romo haters the guy was an undrafted free agent and you come out you'd be a pro bowl level quarterback 
out of where was he eastern illinois or something like that eastern washington wherever he, i can't remember where he came out of but he was a pro bowl quarterback everybody can play keep think about it you have high school guys who are four five-star athletes and they get all of these accolades and now they sit at a table and you have all these hats and they're going to pick up the hat of the the big school he's going to go to going to go to Notre Dame, am I going to go to Florida, Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, USC, hmm, I'm going here, and I put on the hat, and everybody starts clapping, you know, you go to a great high school that has your name on the back of the jersey, and you're supposed to be great in college, and you are, and then when you get to the league in your first round pick, and the dude that was selected in the seventh round ends up being better than you are, some guys got a little more hunger than others. I'm just going to say that, okay? Some guys got more. They just wanted more. Not everybody comes out of a great school or a big school. Everybody doesn't have it just fed to them. They don't, they're not having the proverbial uh, sports silver spoon, all right? The equivalent of the silver spoon coming out of a big school. And, and you could be an undrafted free agent, the last pick or the first pick of the draft. We have no idea how you're going to turn out. And that's what I like. It's the beauty of it. That is the beauty of all of it. So, you know, you got these guys like Trayvon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau. Will they be able to get to the quarterback? We'll see. Will they be like the next Lawrence Taylor? Will they be the next Ray Lewis? You know, the, the next, you know, J.J. Watt without the injuries or T.J. Watt. <laughs> you know, who's going to be next? Derek Stingley, Stingley Jr., you know, drafted first cornerback off the board to the Texans. Is he going to be a shutdown corner? He's going to be or Sauce Gardner. Will they be kind of like Jalen Ramsey, or will they be someone who's always on a highlight for the wrong we uh, reasons? They're running after a quarter uh, a receiver all the time. They're getting beat all the time. The light is on them. Uh, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, and uh, Ikem Ekwanu. These are the three linemen, three of the best linemen in the draft that were selected in the first round. Could they be the next Roosevelt Brown, Hall of Famer for the New York Giants in the 50s? Art Shell, Hall of Famer with the Los Angeles Raiders and Oakland Raiders in the 70s and 80s. Larry Allen, who was the Hall of Fame guard for the champion, the three-time Super Bowl champion, Dallas Cowboys, who was out of, what, Sonoma State, I believe it was? Low draft pick. Or you could be Joe Thomas coming out of Wisconsin. And, yeah, your team stinks, but you're probably the best lineman, if not one of the best linemen. He's going to the Hall of Fame in, in not only Cleveland Browns history, but in NFL history. What's it going to be? And then all of those receivers, six wide receivers selected in the first round. There's going to be some pressure. Drake London, there's going to be pressure in Atlanta. Chris Olave, I got Saints fans already asking me about him because they don't watch college football. You know what I mean? Garrett Wilson, what's he going to do in New York? Jamison Wilson, uh, excuse me, Jamison Williams. I know he tore his ACL, was one of those receivers. He, truth be told, he was the third Ohio State receiver. Yeah, but he transferred from Ohio State and went to Alabama, and he showed his butt. Showed, oh, God, that kid was fast. He's great. And I'm sure he's going to recover fine from that ACL injury. So is John Mechie, who was selected also in the draft, a little bit later in the rounds, I think like fourth round or something like that. But Jameson Williams, the Lions traded up to get him. 
you know, Traylon Burks, I pray you do good, brethren. You were good at Arkansas. I really hope that you turn out to be good for the Tennessee Titans because they let go of a dude that they loved in A.J. Brown around here. So the spotlight is on you, my brother. Jahan Dotson, depending on the quarterback that's throwing him the football in Washington, I mean, he was that kid was fantastic with Penn State. Watch some college football. And Christian Watson, he's going to be playing with Aaron Rodgers. The quicker he learns from the guys that's still there as well as Aaron Rodgers, the better pro he's going to become. Sky Moore and George Pickens, John Mitchell III, Wondell Robinson. These are all these young receivers among the young receivers. And maybe none of these guys I just named are going to do anything. You're always looking for the next Devontae Adams, the Justin Jefferson, the DK Metcalf, Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, Cooper Cup, Debo Samuel, Jamar Chase, somebody. But you don't know. John Ross, who was a rich, small guy, but a fast guy, pretty good receiver coming out of Washington. He was selected ninth overall by the Bengals in 2017. You know he's not there anymore, right? There's a reason for that. And not necessarily great because he wasn't good. Not good. Kevin White, seventh overall by the Bears. Bears fans, they're still looking at that pick like, oh, God. Back in 2015. And Charles Rogers, God rest his soul, he was a really great receiver coming out of Michigan State. Number two overall back in 2003 by the Detroit Lions. And it, it did not end well. Did not end well. And like I said, you have a lot of different ways, whether you get hurt, um, whether you are one that uh, just mentally you just you just check out. You just weren't as good as you thought you were. I mean, maybe it's the pressures of the pros. I don't know. Uh, guys like Kajana Carter from Penn State, I remember watching him as a running back and him being, you know, the top overall pick, and he blew his knee out in the third preseason game. was never the same. Never the same. Now, as a Pittsburgh Steelers fan, I wasn't crying too much, but I felt bad for a kid that I loved watching in college. I did. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. All right, let's get to some stories. Let's get to some stories. I mean, some of these coaches and and team presidents and GMs, they know how to build a team. Um, and I'll tell you about three of them, and you already know who they are. And even some stories behind some, <laughs> some just a couple of players. Just give you a little bit. I can't just cram it all in there. So, you know, about the Steelers dynasty, Art Rooney and uh, Dick Haley, all these guys in the front office, Bill Nunn Jr. and, of course, Chuck Noll, he knew how winners were built. I mean, he played under Paul Brown in Cleveland. He was an assistant coach with the San Diego Chargers under Sid Gilman for the 1963 AFL champions. And he was the defensive coordinator for those Baltimore Colts that had Raymond Berry and Bubba Smith and Johnny Unitas. That He had those guys at his disposal. He knew how to win. It was They were coached by John, Don Shula, who was the youngest coach 
you know, to get a job at the age of 33. And they knew what they were doing. Shula's in the Hall of Fame. We know that. What I did not know is that Chuck Noll was actually hired 10 days before the NFL draft. And the first selection that he made, fourth overall in 69, was, of course, Mean Joe Green, a 6'4", 275-pound defensive tackle from North Texas State. People didn't like that pick. And probably because of the past draft history of the Steelers, Pittsburgh was bad. I mean, they had their times when they were close, but they were bad. Never won a playoff game, ever, ever. Then, of course, they load up on all those Hall of Famers. Terry Bradshaw and Mel Blount and Lynn Swan, Jack Lambert, John, uh, John Stallworth, Mac, Mike Webster, and even the guys in the later rounds, some of them that weren't as known, Dwight White, Ernie Holmes, Gary Mullins, J.T. Thomas. And then you had a Steelers dynasty in the 70s and four Super Bowl wins in six years. Then there's Bill Walsh in the 80s. Ten years later, after that 69 draft, the San Francisco 49ers hired Bill Walsh. And he, like a lot of head coaches at the time, had a lot of say on who was being drafted. 79, they got Joe Montana and Dwight Clark. Montana was the last pick of the third round. Clark was the first pick in the 10th round. And then you had a great combo as far as receivers. This is how you build a team. In 1980, they brought in a linebacker by the name of Keena Turner in the second round. First round, they had guys like Jim Stuckey and Earl Cooper. Uh, Stuckey was a defensive player, Earl Cooper a running back. In 81, that's when they topped it off that year. They won their first Super Bowl. Hall of Fame safety Ronnie Lott in the first round. Yeah. They also got Eric Wright and Carlton Williamson in the second and third rounds, respectively. And all three were starting defensive backs in that, in that backfield going forward. Two Pro Bowls apiece for Williamson and Wright. And then an all-pro selection by Wright. And they continued to build that team through the draft. Roger Craig, Ricky Ellison, Jesse Sapolu. The 49ers fans know these guys. Guy McIntyre and Michael Carter. And of course, Jerry Rice in the first round. Nobody thought that this kid was going to be that great. I told you the story about the 85 Combine. The 85 Combine was not held in Indianapolis indoors. It was outside in the rain and cold. And because Rice didn't run fast enough, and do drills fast enough. There were some people that didn't think that he was worthy of being drafted that high. 49ers saw, well, Bill Walsh legendarily watched him on TV during some highlights, Mississippi Valley State, and Rice was torching whoever the team was. And they moved up after winning the Super Bowl the year before to draft him 16th overall, and the rest is history. The 86 draft was Bill Walsh's finest one. They Got third-rounders like John Taylor and Tom Rathman and Tim McKire in the fourth round. Not first-rounders. Charles Haley, who ended up being the Hall of Famer. Steve Wallace, a great offensive tackle. And sixth-round Don Griffin, who ended up being the starting cornerback for them. Kind of reminiscent of Richard Sherman. You know, the Seahawks drafted Richard Sherman in, what, the fifth, sixth round. And he was an all-pro cornerback, a shutdown cornerback in, in his height. Even in his final year in 88, Bill Walsh had drafted guys like Bill Romanowski and Pierce Holt, and they set up for the future. The results, three Super Bowls in eight years and a dynasty, and they were the team in the 80s. And, of course, we know about Jimmy Johnson, the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the Cowboys of the 90s. They were basically built by Jimmy Johnson through the NFL draft. 51 trades he made in his five years in Dallas. Yeah, he only spent five years in Dallas. Everybody knows about the Herschel Walker robbery. Walker went to Minnesota for five players and six picks. Russell Maryland, 
Kevin Smith and Darren Woodson, among others, pro bowlers and stars, starters on three Super Bowl championship teams. And then they ended up you know, drafting Hall of Fame running back Emmitt Smith. The Cowboys actually had traded up with Pittsburgh for 21st to 17th in their draft, I think it was 1990. They wanted a linebacker by the name of James Francis. And the only reason why I remember that guy is because, well, he played for the Bengals and I had his football card. He was out of Baylor and Jimmy Johnson wanted him, but the Bengals took him and so drafted, you know, they drafted Emmitt Smith out of Florida instead. Good call. Back-to-back Super Bowl wins plus one. Yeah, we know that that third one was Jimmy's. Each of these franchises always had their regrets, and it's impossible not to have mistakes. In 92, Johnson spent, what, a second-round pick on Jimmy Smith from Jackson State. He wasn't good for the Cowboys, but he was like, the ja- I think he finished his career with the Jacksonville Jaguars as their all-time leading receiver. Um, but, you know, he had some off-the-field issues, and, and Chuck Knoll, uh he tried to draft Joe Green all over again. I've told you the story of Gabriel Rivera. He was a great defensive tackle out of Texas Tech. They drafted him. He was kind of on a roll his rookie year before he got thrown out of the back of his car after being drunk and run, going in on the wrong side of the road and, and uh, having a wreck. And he ended up paralyzed and never played football again. And, of course, you know we all know what happened with the, the guy that he said that they passed on. Dan Marino they passed on the hometown Pittsburgh quarterback and Dan Marino so yeah yeah Terry Bradshaw that was his last year in 83 he tore in his first game he tore a tendon in his elbow never played again (laughs) you can't make this stuff up Bill Walsh he got out on top early I can't really recall many bad draft picks by him just like Jimmy Johnson only one all right Danny Stubbs he was a second rounder in 88, though he played 11 years with five teams. But the stories on uh, a couple players, Tom Cost, uh, Cousineau. I don't know if I'm saying this guy's name right. I'm not going to lie to you. But he was supposed to be the top overall pick at linebacker out of Ohio State. This is back in 1979, the 79 draft. The Buffalo Bills had traded away O.J. Simpson to the San Francisco 49ers. They had a 2-14 record, and they had the first and the fifth pick in the first round of the 79 draft, and they were planning on playing, uh, on taking Cousineau first overall. He passed his physical in New York. He went back to his hotel, and according to um, the book that I've been reading, On the Clock, well, the Bills were supposed to pick him up for dinner, and they never showed up. They never called him, and they basically just left him hanging. And so Cousineau's agent, Jimmy Walsh, he placed a call to his friend and owner of the CFL's Montreal Alouettes. His name was Sam Berger. And the Alouettes offered him a contract just over a million dollars over three years. The Bills, who still drafted Cousineau, had a five-year deal between $1.2 and $1.3 million from the different places that I've been reading. And after three good seasons in Canada, Buffalo, who owned his rights still, they offered Cousino a $3 million deal. Houston, the Houston Oilers, they also wanted him too, and they offered $3.5 million. The Bills matched it. The Browns not only offered $3.5 million for his rights, but they offered uh, Buffalo three, three draft picks to acquire those rights. The Bills took it. Cousino played six years in the NFL, four for the Cleveland Browns, two for San Francisco, 
and he made the all-rookie team in 1982. Uh, it was a second-team all-pro in 1984. And for all you know, those three picks that the Bills got, one of them they used on future Hall of Fame quarterback Jim Kelly in 1983. They maintained his rights because Jim Kelly didn't want to come play for the Buffalo Bills. He didn't want to play for Buffalo. He didn't start playing with them until, what, 86? After his stint with the USFL? Uh, yeah, that was great. Uh, Mike Dicker, the 1999 draft. All you need to know, that was a draft that Tim Couch went first overall. He stunk to Cleveland. Donovan McNabb was booed by the Philly, uh, Philly fans. Achilles Smith should have stayed in school instead of ended up uh, ending up in Cincinnati. After his days with the Bears, he ends up as the head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And he loves, absolutely loves Texas Longhorn running back Ricky Williams. And he's the Heisman Trophy winner and all of that. So, I thought that the deal with the Minnesota Vikings and the Dallas Cowboys wasn't very bright. Because that GM got fired after making that deal with Jimmy Johnson in Dallas. He traded... Dicker did every last one of his picks to move up from 12 to 5. He traded six draft picks in 99 plus two in the 2000 draft. The Saints needed more help than just one running back. They had the quarterbacks that year Billy Joe's, the Billy Joe's, Billy Joe Tolbert, Billy Joe Tolliver. They were 3 13. Dicker was fired and he never ever coached again. Never coached again. Yeah, I mean, that's not a good way to go out. And finally, Jerome Bettis. I mean, just the stories behind the picks themselves and, and the road that they could go down. All right, 1993 draft. Jerome Bettis was selected 10th overall by the L.A. Rams. You know, he was out of Notre Dame. I've never seen a big dude run so fast with a football. He looked like a, a, an offensive guard running with a football, and he wore number six, and the six was so small on his chest. I'm like, this dude is great, but, man, he's huge. Anyway, I mean, apparently the Rams, they were trying to replace Eric Dickerson, you know, some years after. And they did okay for a while as far as 1,000-yard running backs. I mean, they went through Charles White. They went through Greg Bell and Cleveland Gary, Robert Del Pino, Marcus Dupree, the best that never was. Yeah. Uh, you get to 1995, and they moved from L.A. to St. Louis. The Rams do. The first two years, Bettis had... 2,454 yards and 10 touchdowns. And he won the rookie of the year. He was an all-pro, a two-time pro bowler. That season in 95, he won, He held out. He wanted a little more money. And it didn't help that he hurt his foot that season. He was going back and forth with the head coach at the time. Um, was it Rich Brooks, I believe? And then they end up trading him. He only has like 600 yards or something like that rushing. They traded him away to Pittsburgh. For second, third, and fourth round picks, and they end up drafting Lawrence Phillips. Lawrence Phillips out of Nebraska was an absolute beast of a running back. I couldn't stand Nebraska back then. I just couldn't. I wanted Tom Osborne and anybody associated with Nebraska Cornhusker football to lose. Only player I liked on that entire team was Tommy Frazier, the quarterback. That's the only guy I liked on any of those teams. The rest of y'all could kick rocks with no shoes. <laughs> so I but this dude was a beast. But he had he came with baggage. He came with problems. You wonder why they do ask all those questions and things and and uh in the combine 
why they do their due diligence is for situations like Lawrence Phillips, but still the Rams selected him sixth overall in that draft. And as far as the bus was concerned, he has six straight thousand yard seasons ends up in the pro football hall of fame and ends his career in Detroit, his hometown with a super bowl win in February of 2006 against the Seahawks. But Phillips only four years. Did he play? He played with three teams. Uh, he was he was bad, but it was just a lot of off-the-field issues. I'm not even going to dip my foot in that nasty water. All you need to know is the guy spent was going to spend 30 years in prison and in the end ended up committing suicide. Very, very sad story. But, I mean, you just never know the direction that any of these players are going to go. You never know. They could be great. They could be bad. They can start off bad and end up great or vice versa. You just have no idea, especially after the NFL draft. But that's it. That's it. That's it. References thanks to ESPN.com. Also, an ESPN.com article, How Chuck Knoll Saved the Steelers, that's written by Chad Millman, August 24th, 2010. Also, BrownsNation.com, The Life and Career of Tom Cousineau. God, I hope I said his name right. The complete story that was written by Ben Donahue, September 10th, 2021. Not that long ago. NBC Chicago ranking the worst NFL quarterback draft classes ever. And I didn't even bother to mention Jamarcus Russell. Boy, that kid. I think he, he got drafted number one overall simply based on his last season alone. Now, the kid was big and he had a very, very big arm. But that doesn't mean you're going to be good. Um, NBC Chicago ranking the worst NFL quarterback draft classes ever. That was written by Logan Reardon, April 26th, 2022, this year. Also, the book On the Clock, the story of the NFL draft, co-written by Barry Wilner and Ken Rappaport. That is all. I am your host, Michael Neal Jr. This has been the Behind the Mic podcast presented by Billy Sports. Billy Sports Podcast Network, BillyOfSports.com. Go see us on our home base of Spreaker. Also, you iPhone users, Apple Podcasts, and everybody else, as well as iPhone users, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, YouTube. Tell all your friends and family about this show, or I will. Let me take a breath. I'll find your house. I'm out. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.